Hello guys, welcome to another episode of the Arsaholics. Thank you for tuning in. Raj, Aaronen, how are we doing? Good man. Good evening, good evening. I was just checking that my mic was uh, working correctly, but <laughs> carry on, carry on, talk without me. Yeah. I mean, no, no big loss if it wasn't. Uh, shut up. <laughs> yeah, no, no, really good. Wow, we won, man. Like, this is amazing. Like, it just, it, it feels feel? spectacular. <laughs> I, re- I, re- I rediscovered match of the day, which was nice. Me too, actually. Probably yeah, only, yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably only ever get to watch it one, one or two more times this season. Ah, that was come nice. On, come on, guys. <laughs> Bringing the episode down already. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. We're going to watch match of the day every bloody week. <laughs> now on. Um, it's amazing how that really affects you, isn't it? Like, I haven't, I haven't watched match of the day this season and like, until the one just gone. Like, just no appetite to watch any football when Arsenal lose. I, I just completely want to stay away from it. That's interesting because I'm I'm the opposite. Not the opposite, but I'm 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 quite happy to watch as much football as I can as I can consume. Really, probably because I don't get the chance to watch as much as I'd like in general across the weekend of Premier League games. So when it comes on, I get the opportunity to watch it. I do try to watch it, but um, yeah, I don't mind what. Even if us, I guess maybe I've just got used to us not having great results over the last few seasons. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah, if you don't want, if you don't watch football, then. When Arsenal aren't winning, then you probably don't watch Not winning any football. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. Uh, yeah, 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 you're kind of right. Oh, it's good good to see you guys again. Obviously, we're recording what uh, Tuesday night, so a few days after after the win. Obviously, we we, we were together on Saturday, um, and like you said, Roger, it was a it was a good result. Um, result that we we really really needed. The team needed, Arteta needed, the fans needed, um, and we got it just about. Um, Raj, it was your first game back at the Emirates. If we sort of don't count the Brighton game last at the back end of last season, you know, it's the first kind of proper game back for full capacity crowd. Um, and I know that you were excited to be back. How, how was it for you? Because obviously myself, um, Aaron and Nero went to the Chelsea game a couple of weeks ago. So how was, mm. how was it for you in terms of just like building up to the game and, you know, going back to the Emirates and all of that, doing the, the regular things that you've been doing in terms of that, you know, the trip up and everything? Well, it was the perfect day. I mean, the aside from, as you know, my train got delayed, so I couldn't meet you earlier for a beer. Aside from, you know, having that extra beer, um, it was perfect because, I mean, the sun was the sun was glorious. It was just the greatest weather, you know, for a September. You never know what you're going to get. It was great weather. Um, yeah. Went up to the stadium. It felt like you know everyone was in a pretty good a pretty good place. And I think you know when we we got because obviously there's, there's increased checks at the moment right like when you get to the stadium so you go up the stairs past the armory and at the moment they've, they've got checks there which they haven't had previously so there's like that added like congregation there and that's when the team news came out when when we were there and seeing the team news there was that extra buzz because you know we got our new a lot of new signings playing and and um and then you know going through to the concourse and the tottenham palace game was on it was it was yeah. brilliant like you know that whole build up to the game um you know it just felt so good to be back and and honestly i mean we can go into this a little bit more when we talk about the game itself but after the last few weeks especially of just constant negativity on social media and feeling like almost you know getting lulled into a sense of feeling that this is what arsenal fans are all like at the moment and this is what it's like to be an arsenal fan and all this negativity and you you know when, when it got to the ground i was like no do you know what 
this is what it's all about. And I've missed this, this, this camaraderie, this positivity, this let's get behind the team. And it was, it was fantastic. Loved it. And I think, and I think that's a massive point. It's, it's a really important point to make. And I've seen a few people tweet that following the game, you know, um, there's this really big misconception around, uh, you know, the, the, the stuff that gets sprouted on Twitter by, you know, people that call themselves Arsenal fans. I'm not saying that they're not, but, you know, anyone can label, the, label themselves a fan of any club um, on social media. And, yeah, it's a lot of negativity, negativity. It's a lot of sort of short-term thinking. And, yeah, once you get to the ground, you get to the game, it's you don't you you don't see any of that really i know we saw it at the back end of uh wenger's reign and the the crowd was split in in the ground but i think that was over years and years of frustration and um not there, there being not much change uh but i didn't see any of that um, even when you know kind of uh back at uh sorry end of the first half and going into you know half time and before we scored even then you know you didn't really notice any frustration within the crowd there was a bit of like um you know, are we going to score kind of feeling and, and, and the nervousness coming through, but there wasn't, no one was getting on the players back, uh, backs. No one was getting on Arteta's back. And I think it was just generally like really, really positive And the crowd really did get behind the team. Yeah. yeah. I genuinely think at least the people in the ground, they've, I think they've bought into this process of what we are trying to do with buying younger players and actually building something. And the fact that we did play most of those, new, most of pretty much all of them actually um, on Saturday, that helped a lot because it, it buys, it buys time because everyone's excited. People are a bit more forgiving. Like he, like we, and we can talk about the team selection in, in probably more detail, but he could have easily played uh, El Nenny, Cedric or Chambers um maybe marie if he was fit um and you know played a very old arsenal concern lineup and that would i think that would have affected the mood i think the team news massively affected the mood in the ground because it felt especially compared to because me and you might we went up to the chelsea game right um it felt it genuinely felt like the start of the season again like we had yeah, this, yeah. the first three games, um, it didn't go well, and it's like a lot of old, like those jackers there, and when any made get got games, Chambers was there. This this felt like a new team. Mm. It felt like a new start, and that's why I think the mood in the ground was the way it was. And like you said, Roger, it was a really nice day. Uh, sun was out. I saw like a, a really cool thread on on Twitter of like people bringing their kids to the games for the first time. It. It felt like an occasion, and I really like that. Mm. What do you, do you think? Because you you talked about that in the last podcast, Aaron, and about you know the need for him to potentially integrate these new signings. Um, I think you were spot on, and like you've just said, I think it did have an impact. I thought what was interesting is if you would ask many Arsenal fans after the window, after the window finished you know, what is the back five that we're clearly aspiring to have and to get to, it would have been the back five that played. And I think what, what felt, I felt a sense of, Oh wow, it's happening now. You know, do you know what I mean? It's happening right now. Like I had that enthusiasm when I saw that lineup, I was like, you know, like you said, predicted that, you know, he, he may end up being a bit conservative and, you know, would you have blamed him for playing Leno? He probably wouldn't, but like he, he kind of just really went for it. And, and I think, yeah, I definitely felt that the crowd vibed on that. 
it was it was finally him being ruthless to a certain extent saying actually this is this is a team that i'm building towards so i'm just gonna go and you know execute that plan and play the team play the the back five that i i i see as the long-term future for this club like for example um he didn't really need to play tom what's we'll it wrong tommy i see it at right back like that that guy had just come from japan or oh, sorry from roma or bologna sorry um three days ago or oh, no he played on international duty for japan yeah. and just come in um he just got his work permit yeah just know. rocked up probably maybe trained once or twice um he could have easily played cedric there or chambers there um and people would have understood but at the same time he he didn't he went for it gave him 60 minutes and i think that helped just you know it was a glimpse of the future if that makes sense about this is yeah. what we're building we've heard so much about this plan the process and it was nice to see the process start to come together mm. it's encouraging it was encouraging um it'll be interesting to see what happens i guess like you've got Xhaka back in a couple of games which were probably the spurs game um Interesting to see what happens right. there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, it, like you said, pre-game, um, it was it was really buoyant. The fans were well behind the team. The, the Palace result of the Spurs loss really helped. We were watching that on the screens, weren't we, Raj? And the Vieira chance going around. I think you got a little video of it and put it on the um, on the social, on our socials. And uh, yeah, I think... I think probably that chant was probably the loudest of the day, of the day, <laughs> the Vieira chant, which is nice. Um, but yeah, no, it's a fantastic atmosphere. Um, I mean, look, just going into the game, and I guess like really quickly touching on the team lineup. You know, as you guys said, a number of there was, there was uh, obviously Ramsdale's first Premier League star, Tommy Asu came straight in. He went with um, White and, and Gabriel, uh, Maitland Niles in central midfield, which was a big surprise. I think it definitely was for me. Um, Thomas Party wasn't quite fit, um, and probably the expected front four as well, with ESR not not quite hundred uh, percent from uh, England under twenty one duty. So, just just really quickly, guys, just thoughts on the lineup. Uh, you know, aside from um, the, the the players you mentioned, you know, the kind of the the freshness that the the new guys have brought in. Any other major thoughts or anything else? Like Ainsley Maitland Niles was an interesting choice, wasn't it? I think you know we there wasn't a person in the stadium that probably predicted that yeah you know make the nards playing and I think particularly in central midfield but we spoke about it in the last po- last podcast about when he's given the opportunities he absolutely has to take him and what I really liked about this was this was clearly Arteta going all right do you know what you really you really want it do it mm-hmm. and you've got to perform and on one hand like that was you know probably a good idea from a motivational perspective but from a tactical perspective I thought what was interesting is playing Maitland-Niles in the team whether you start him at central midfield or right back it does allow you to uh, flex your lineup a little bit when you make substitutions then tactically him being able to play different positions allows you to do slightly different things which is actually what we saw right you know when when we brought on Partey and ESR and then he moved out to, to right back and uh, to, to a, when, when Tommy Ossie went off um, so you know, it, it, it surprised. It, it definitely surprised me. Um, but, uh, you know, and I, and I think, yes, playing that back five was surprising, just given White, White and Gabriel, that was going to be the first time they played together, plus this new right back, plus Ramsdale's first one. But I think the, the other than that, the top set, generally, that was kind of as predicted, right? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right, cool. Um, oh, look, first half, we seem to start, I think we started quite well. Um, there seemed to be some energy w- within the team. And um, I think the first sort of 15, 20 minutes or so was was good. But it seemed to get a bit flat towards the end of the, the first half. And I think we went in at halftime kind of wondering and asking the same questions around, you know, where's a goal going to come from basically you know three and a half Premier League games without a goal like what were, you, what were your thoughts on the first half guys it was yeah I thought we started really well and this seems to be a bit of a trend where we spend the first 10 minutes you know really going for it and hardly ever scoring I don't remember I was ever scoring early on in this season or last and then um, yeah going and then we kind of let Norwich into it and they, they had a few half chances. But I I always felt comfortable in how we defended. And I thought, especially because in that first half where we sit, we sit behind the goal that Arsenal were defending. And therefore, um, we got a real good look at Ramsdale, Ben White and Gabriel and I thought they were they were all three of them were really really good and yes I know it's Norwich not the strongest attack in the world but I thought defensively we were pretty comfortable it was just a case I was starting to worry like was this going to be another one of those days where we really struggle to uh create clear cut chances because when you look at the stats and in the end of the game I think you know it shows that we had 30 shots on goal um and I think the way that it breaks down is there were 20 shots on goal up to when we scored and then 10 shots on goal afterwards. And in fairness, I think, you know, it's relatively consistent with the timeline, therefore, because I think we scored on around 65. Is it something like that? Yeah. Yes. So I think like there was a consistent, you know, but but what but what I did feel like is that I feel like it's Arteta's job to get us, you know, into that final third and, and almost getting us creating chances. I feel like that's his his job and I feel like he could probably turn around against Norwich and say I set us up in a way in which we were able to create enough and we were having enough attempts on target I'm sorry attempts on goal and then I felt that it's a you know it's about the execution of the players in the final third and um and I think that's where we lacked a little bit potentially is it it a confidence thing like I, I hope so I hope it was just a bit of a confidence thing um because you'd hope if we play that game back again if we did exactly the same thing again you know, in a week's time, you'd hope we'd score more than that because certainly Ober had a couple of chances that you would, you know, expect him to score at least one or two of those. Um, you know, ESR had a cracking chance later on in the game, but and Pepe had, a, you know, was was a constant threat. I thought so. It was a bit hard to analyze because, like you, like you said, you're right. Like you go in at half time and it's nil nil, and and you haven't scored a goal all season. And what must be going through the players' heads? Yeah, like it was weird because. Although, like I said, in the first half, I was, I thought we weren't great. And generally, I thought we, it felt at the time that we didn't create a lot of chances. I watched Match of the Day. I watched the highlights, sorry. I don't think I watched it online or Match of the Day, whatever. And um, it, we did actually create quite a few chances. But it didn't feel like that at the time. And I don't know if that was, I don't know if you guys felt this. No, I agree with you. It didn't feel like 30. I mean, that's the second most amount of chances we've created since the Man United game where we lost 2-1 to that De Gea performance. And that was thirty. Yeah. That was 37 shots that we had that day. And this is the second highest since I mean, then. Yeah, I think because a lot of them were like blocks or like quite last ditch tackles that, you know, afterwards shot and goal. So they didn't make it to the goal, but... Yeah. 
you we did yeah on another day you're right like we we could and probably should have scored a few more to make it comfortable yeah because I, I think that observation previously about you know blocks etc is an important one because although we had 30 shots i didn't feel like their goalkeeper played a blinder <laughs> you know exactly yeah mm. yeah i was encouraged um you know by some of the stuff that i saw from Ober though because it feels like guys like it feels like the West Brom game and the Carling Cup was like a the Carabao Cup was a real blessing because because just thinking about it, when I think about Ober's really good seasons for us, they've been seasons where a predominant portion of his goals has been all around kind of movement and kind of waiting for yeah. the, you know the right kind of rebound or or whatever, just like really really sniffing and those seasons where he's getting like about 15 to 20 goals like that without even having to think, then he's also adding some, you know, those extra kind of more special goals, but that confidence is coming through what he does as his bread and butter, which is the sniffing around right place, right time, bang. And last season, I think he he probably wasn't doing enough of that and felt like he was trying too hard sometimes. And I think in the Carabao cup game, you saw him get his first two goals through just kind of being like, well, listen, let me just try and sniff out. Like I, you know, I've done in my career and getting two goals, you know, in without really breaking a sweat. And then his third goal is is vintage quality kind of, you know, individual quality over. And I saw more of that actually against Norwich. I felt that he was really patrolling, like really trying to sense for rebounds, really trying to think about where the ball was going to bounce. Ultimately, that's how we got our goal, right? Yeah, it is how we got our goal. I mean, look, just before, I think it was just before the goal, wasn't it? The the, the subs that Arteta made, mm. which seemed to change the the dynamic of the game and they definitely improved us, like Thomas Partey coming on and and Smith Rowe as well. Um, and yeah, like, I guess, Arte, I mean, it's probably, we should probably give him a bit of credit. I mean, they're, they're kind of obvious substitutions when you're nil-nil um, at home to Norwich um, with a sort of half an hour to go. But we've given him stick for his subs before, but they were too pretty positive subs and they did make the difference you know party was involved in the goal eosa was really really impressive when he came on he should have probably scored as well um and and like i said that seemed to change um that seemed to give us a little bit more oomph and a bit more impetus uh going forward um and another guy that i i was actually debating with a with one of my mates who's an an arsenal fan um after the game uh, it was it was nicolas pepe because we had completely polar opinions on how he played um we were sort of like you know great that we got the win good result you know kickstart from here and and i said you know my man of the match was pepe i don't know if you i think he was named officially he was officially named man of the match i, could was be wrong. I think oba was oh was he okay yeah. so i must, must have seen something else on twitter but yeah and no, i sort of sort of um thought yeah i thought pepe was probably again you know very very dangerous um always trying to create something out of nothing always trying to take a player on you know trying to take a risk and Often it doesn't come off for him, but yeah, he was so unlucky with the goal. Like it was a really well hit shot. He's trying to, as always, bend it into that far corner with his left foot. And I think Tim Crawl didn't get a touch on it and he pushed it onto the post and it was unlucky when it came back to him. Um, And I think it was unlucky before that. There was a chance where he was like point blank range and, you know, just hit on target and the defender made a really good block. Um, And I think he, I think he had something like six shots and six chances created, something like that. And it was, it was overall a pretty impressive performance for him. But I think there's still a number of Arsenal fans that I feel give him unfair stick. Um, 
because even when he like unless he's pulling unless he's provide unless he's producing sorry the goals and assists and the numbers um i don't think he i don't think the other contributions that he gives are necessarily valued or, or noticed as much and i think it's just a price tag thing it's quite quite an interesting thing really i was having a good debate with with a, a mate about it but yeah um I guess with the goal as well, Raj, you touched, you know, um, over in the right place at the right time. We, I was really confused with that goal because it looked like on the replay, it was going to be dis. Well, not that it was going to be disallowed, but I think we all feared it was going to be disallowed because yeah. it looked like he was offside. But I still don't, like, I haven't actually checked why it wasn't disallowed. Do you guys know? I agree with you. I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that it was effectively the keeper that ended up playing him onside by kind of, getting in the way of the ball like I think it was it was it was a bit confusing but had it been clean like I think that he probably would have been offside um but you know it was it was very scrappy and now you can't really celebrate goals can you like so <laughs> I, I I definitely was nervous about it uh but you know if I just come back to your point on Pepe without him causing that kind of havoc on that side like we don't score that goal um like you say he was very unlucky and I shared the same view as you um I thought he was really good but I think you'll always look at it in one angle and say when you're home against Norwich Nicolas Pepe at this point in his career for Arsenal needs to be scoring goals um and you know those opportunities he's got to convert one of them but he, he still for me gives us something that we don't have otherwise is just utter like you know unpredictability which um which which i feel we really really need and i think he gives and um uh yeah but yeah he he, he does still polarize mate um but i think yeah, i i i just on that pepe one i think i'm one of those that he's an immensely frustrating player i think um in that i i think when he's out wide on the wing like on the touchline i think he is bang average at times but then when he's in the kind of what's the word um that kind of middle just inside the box middle third Uh, yeah edge of the box that's where you want him coming inside or just like running down inside the box um and but then even then there were moments on saturday where i thought he yeah some of the things he lost the ball in some really where he really shouldn't have but at the same time, he does take risks. He does give you something. So, yeah, I just don't, I really don't know what to think of him because uh, we clearly are better with him. I, I'm not saying that's selling. I think we are clearly a better team with him in. But I just feel like there's so much potential there that he still hasn't realized um, because he he's clearly skillful enough and talented enough to be you know, 20 goals a season player. Um, but uh, but it's just his, and I think he, he probably could get it, but it's just, even he, he could still get 20 goals a season, but I still think he'll, he'll probably like do my head in because he still makes some really annoying, he does some really annoying things. And I'm just like, why are you doing that? Like, and if he cut all that stuff out, he could be phenomenal. I think that's, that's my frustration with him. I guess you see the numbers, some of these, you know, great wide players have put in the Premier League over the last few seasons. You look at like Salas and Manes, etc. And you think that, you know, in terms of skill set, in terms of kind of just raw ingredients, there's no reason why he shouldn't be able to do those things. 
You know, there's no reason why he shouldn't be able to put those numbers. We've seen him score some absolute screamers. We've seen him take on players in an incredibly like unique way and 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 way that only people who have got you know, who are gifted with their feet can do. Um, he can clearly use both feet. But like you say, <laughs> you know, it's it's like there's a it's like you think he's a bomb that's waiting to explode, but when's it going to explode? I I felt that at the end of last season, when we think back to the Brighton game where we were at, like it looked like, oh, maybe this is it. Maybe we've got a, like a, a bit more of a mature, focused kind of um, player. Uh, let, let's hope we can get back to that because yeah, yeah. I think he's the type of player that, and I think this is always going to be his game where he will just frustrate you for seventy five percent of the game, but then he could finish the game with two goals. Um, yeah. And actually, if he's doing that, that that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. I mean, he, he definitely should have got another assist. I think he put one on a plate for Aubameyang in the second half. Uh, I'm trying to remember the exact chance, but I'm pretty sure there was another one that Aubameyang should have he, put I think away. He created, but yeah. He like no, I, decent chances that game. Yeah, yeah. So you know, on another day, but yeah, I guess we could we could say that about um, a lot of his performances. No, I, I can't I can't disagree with with what you said, Aaron. And but um, I, I, to be honest, I think I think he'll I think he'll this this. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's a bit of blind faith, but I think he could have a very very good season. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he went this season and kind of got numbers. You know, like double figure double figure. Sorry, in goals and assists in the league this season. Like I could see him getting you know, 10 plus goals and 10 plus assists or, you know, maybe even a little bit better than that. Um, If he's playing consistently, it looks like he is going to get a good run on that left-hand side. Um, So yeah, fingers crossed because we're going to need it, aren't we, this season? Well, this this probably leads us on to quite an interesting question because one of my frustrations with Pepe, well, not frustrations, but my, my issue is that if we play some Pepe regularly, does it mean someone like Smith Rowe isn't going to play? Um, and then there's a question of who would you rather have in the side? And for me, I would rather have Smith Rowe in the side any day over Pepe. Um, because you, let's assume Saka is going to play, Aubameyang is going to play, Odegaard is going to play, right? But, but yeah. we, saw, we saw after Partey came on that we found a system that clearly incorporated all of them which is very interesting yeah exactly and the athletic covered that in a lot of detail didn't it um and that was very interesting because if if we think that there's a possibility that that's what arteta's always wanted to do and now he feels he's got the components to do it because you know i think only when you forensically look back at the things that arteta has said like that article in the athletic did does it all start to kind of make sense a little bit where he basically has said you know, seemingly all along, I want to play four three three, but I'm lacking players in five or six positions with the specific qualities. And now, does it look like he's just got his puzzle complete? And is that Arteta's team? What we saw in the second, you know, after Partey and Mills with Rowe comes on, which is effectively, you know, a middle three of Smith Rowe, Partey, and Odegaard, with Smith Rowe, Odegaard doing kind of almost box to boxy type behaviours. Um, there's a lot required of them, but maybe that's what Arteta was alluding to all this time. That that's the qualities that he needs now. He feels he's got it, and if Partey kind of grows into this leader that you know he wants, maybe that's his thing. And geez, that gives us so much potential going forward. Um, and it's fine. It looks like it worked okay against Norwich, but you know, I wonder if it will work okay against better teams. I think. The, the sense I got is that is the, the coin of Wenger phrase, the handbrake off, the handbrake off system. Okay. Um, I think the handbrake on system brings someone like Xhaka 
back into the team and plays a, a two at the base. So that is that that's that's you think that's the Wenger equivalent of when he used to basically have four or five strikers on the pitch at the same time. Yeah, yeah like I'm bringing them all on. Yeah, yeah exactly. This is like I'm going to bring on an extra midfielder, play Partey on his own. And it looked it looked good. And you know, I <laughs> I sometimes think we, you know, I think it sounds a bit dumb, but I think all Arteta is doing is just trying to build Man City at Arsenal sometimes. <laughs> Um, and it's like, well, this is a system he's played at Man City, he thinks this works quite well. This is the type of football he's played at Man City, he thinks this works quite well. I'm just going to do this at Arsenal. But he just hasn't had the team to do that for so long. And he's slowly trying to get there with ball-playing centre-backs, uh, midfielders, sorry, full-backs who can either attack and move into midfield or come and sit in the middle. Um, and then just a load of creative players, you know, Give it 12 months, maybe Aubameyang goes and we just don't play a striker <laughs> like Pep as well. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I think he's literally trying to do that. And, you know, if he if he does build it, you know, turn us into a Man City light, that's, that's okay. I have my doubts whether we have the technical ability and the players to execute that kind of football consistently. But let, let's see if it works. It feels that, you know when when you've got a, when you've got Partey, Smithrow, Odegaard, Pepe, Saka, Oba on the same pitch, that gives you. It feels like it's a lot. Do you know what I mean? It feels like there's a lot of a talent there and power. And if you add to it someone like Tierney there as well, and you know we saw Ben White being able to distribute the ball so well. I mean, what what would you? Say? If it, if it was at the expense of some defensive kind of stability, like would you be in favour of playing that kind of formation week in week out? Against against teams like Norwich, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, I'm, I'm talking about not just teams like Norwich. I'm talking about you know, would you would you endorse him playing four three three potentially with that kind of attacking kind of talent on the pitch if it meant that you know maybe we are going to be exposed every now and again. I guess my biggest criticism or the, the biggest down, down like, what's the word, drawback of this system is it, you have one injury and the whole system just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. There's literally no one else that can come in. Do you mean in the party position? Specifically? Uh, just anywhere, right? Like we're literally playing all of our attacking players, right? So you, um, if Pepe gets injured in that system, who, who comes in? Well, you could argue someone like Martinelli could play. Lack of oh, Martin, complaints. Yeah, I guess Martinelli. Like, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But yeah, we've got a couple drop, of options. The drop off is significant, right? And I think yeah. you have to readjust. Yeah. Quite significantly. I mean, I, I personally can't see Arteta use not, not yet. Anyway, maybe it is the long term vision and the sort of the the goal, you know, or, or where he wants to get to. Like that's the target that he wants to get to. But I think yeah. for the next few games, like I, I've been saying the last couple of episodes, it's all about results. And I think, like you said, Aaron and Xhaka comes back. Um, I think it's for Spurs. Expect him to come straight back in. If Partey's fit, it'll be a Partey Xhaka, um, you know, central midfield. Um, I can't see him playing all of them. Um, and yeah, just going kind of gung-ho. Like when you asked that question, Raj, about would I be happy with it as a, as an Arsenal fan? I'd be more than happy with it. You know, I wouldn't mind necessarily losing games um, 3-2 and 4-3 because I guess how how it's been for the last 18 months, couple of years, whatever, it's been the opposite of that. And I guess if we then went through a season of frustratingly, you know, like watching really good football and scoring loads of goals and being attractive to watch, but then losing games that we maybe should be drawing and drawing games that we should be winning, then you'd probably come out, you'd probably look at that at the other end and say, 
you know, or the other other way in, on the flip side of the coin and say, oh, you know, we need to be more stable. So it's, uh, do you know what I mean? Uh, and I think and building on that, I mean, if you think about what Klopp said when, you know, when Liverpool beat Arsenal last season and remember him and Roy Keane had a bit of an argument because Roy Keane said words to the effect of, like they looked a bit kind of clumsy. They made some. They're they're a bit sloppy at times or whatever. And and I think you know what Klopp was sort of saying is that you you can't play the style of football that they play unless you have excellent defenders and an excellent goalkeeper who are going to be able to mop up for you. Mm. You know when you are committing that far forward. And maybe in fairness, that's what I said is he may be able to do that now. He may be able to say, well, I can play the system because I've got the defenders and the goalkeeper that I think I need to be able to execute this. Um, but I, look, I agree with you. I don't think it's going to, I don't necessarily think that he's going to play that formation, you know, kind of go into Spurs, for example, with that formation. But, um, but maybe it's nice just getting a taste of, of the future. And, you know, who knows? I mean, he surprised us with how quickly he went with that back five. Yeah, yeah. So, good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, all right, cool. Uh, so positive result, as, as we said, a much needed win. Um, I think we pretty much discussed everyone that uh, we should probably give a mention to um, Sambi Lukonga, right? Um, he's been really, really impressive since, well, since he joined, you know, he's, he's pretty, I think he started, has he started every game. I think he started every game. Um, you wouldn't have thought that he's a sort of 21 year old um, uh, well, player with very, with not too much experience. I know he was, um, he was playing at Anderlecht. He was captain at Anderlecht, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. All yeah. right. Yeah. So, okay, fine. He has got some experience, but, um, you know, no Premier League experience, young player, come straight into, into central midfield. And um, he's been so impressive. Like, he's he's been another one of these players that, like we saw on Saturday, a breath of fresh air. And um, I've really enjoyed watching him, especially the fact that, you know, especially when you've had, you know, not to kind of go too hard on Granite Jacker um, again, but when you've had Granite Jacker for the last sort of five years and then you you have this new fresh face who is always looking forward and trying to pass through the lines and approaches the game very differently. Um, yeah, it's just very, very nice to see. And like, I haven't seen him really put a foot wrong either, which is, you know, really commendable and could be a potential, potentially like a really, really good, like a, a gem of a signing. Yeah, yeah, I really like him. I think if I had to criticize him and being really harsh and really, I think maybe defensively, he's not yet there, like completely, but in terms of when he's on the ball, like everything he does, just calm, confident, can spray passes all over the place. Really good. The right partner for him is Partey, right? So I think the more that he can play with him, the better it's going to be for his development, but also just to get the you know best out of his um, positive qualities. I, I don't like. I don't think Xhaka and him are necessarily a great combination because like you said Aaron I think there's still some stuff defensively Lokonga has to figure out um but yeah like at the end of the day the 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 thing that I was most concerned about when we were transitioning from Jaka is regardless of all the games that you know you could say that Jaka has done something stupid and cost us in some way regardless of all these deficiencies there has been something around his range of passing that managers have felt that they cannot replace in our team and they felt that we need him to set the tempo and we need his kind of range. What I really liked about Lokonga is he looks like he has that range. Like he, yeah. he's spray, he's able to spray passes everywhere and he is, a, he is looking to get forward. So maybe it helps Arteta's mind. Like Miles, you know, you, you mentioned that you can see Granit Xhaka coming straight back into the team on Sunday. Oh, sorry, against Tottenham. Mm. 
I, I don't know personally. Like uh, maybe if it wasn't for what we saw in the lineup against Norwich, and I know it was Norwich, but maybe Arteta has now felt like it's time. You know, he made that he made that comment. <laughs> he made that comment, didn't he, in, in his post match where he said, "This has been the most important, best two weeks of my career." I, has something dropped in this two weeks? Has he gone right? It's time now. I've got to do things like how I want. What you know, I've got to. I've got to take the future state and make it now. Um, you know, is that could, could that be it? There's just something about Xhaka, isn't there? And I think we've all we've we've spoken about it um, in our chats. Like, there's something that managers like about Xhaka, and I think when it comes to, I, I kind of hope I, I do hope I'm wrong because I hope he picks on form and I hope he picks on you know who's performed basically, yeah, who, yeah, on form. But I can imagine like the day before the game or a couple of days before the game, and he's thinking about you know those one or two positions where he's not sure and the sort of 50-50 in terms of who he could select. And it's just like, it's so te- I can imagine it's so tempting for him to just go, I know what Xhaka's going to give me. And there is probably like a 10% chance that he's going to cock up and do something really, really silly. But yeah. he's been here and done it and he's relatively solid and he covers me defensively and he covers that left-back area when Tierney bombs forward. And he'll probably do what I ask of him. And he is a bit of a kind of general in midfield probably not the general that we want, but you know, you know, you guys know what I mean. And I think as a manager, it's probably really tempting just to put him in. Mm. But I, again, I think if Lukonga carries on playing, like obviously assuming he plays against uh, Burnley uh, this weekend and he puts in another really good performance, he do, it does make it very, very hard for him to be dropped. Um, and assuming part is kind of back uh, and he's fit. So it's going to be a really interesting team selection for that one. I know it's a couple of weeks away, but yeah. And it'll be, I think, interesting as well to see if we beat Burnley and if Tottenham don't win, then you can feel that it's that game will be a pivotal moment where we can, you know, we may even be able to go level level on points, you know, and, and it may be a case where it's, it's the point that kind of, you know, really catalyzes the rest of the season for us. Because at the moment you look at Tottenham and you think Nuno still playing a fairly like kind of compact, in a positive in a good way style but it's not very adventurous at all and it's still very cautious it's still very new manager trying to just get results and I think they came completely unstuck against Palace I think other teams will look at that and kind of go well hang on a minute like and so if they don't get a result in the next game I think the North London derby if we are in some form it could be very 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 interesting um and can you imagine what the atmosphere would be like if we play that North London derby with a real attacking intent um that changes everything. Mm. Definitely. Definitely. But Burnley first. <laughs> Burnley first, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Leads nicely onto Burnley, doesn't it? Um, look, another Saturday, 3 p.m. kickoff, which uh, which is nice. <laughs> and, it, and and I guess, you know, with everyone else playing, in, when I say everyone else, all the, all the big clubs, um, apart from us, <laughs> playing playing this week, midweek in Europe, um, this, is the, this is the, like this week is, is an example of week of what we've been saying around no Europe, let's take advantage you get a full week to prepare on the training ground you get a ground you get plenty of rest there's no need to rest any players there's no need to rotate because of fitness reasons um we're not going to have any new injuries unless something really bad happens in training so you know again it's a game that we absolutely have to go and win like three points is a must Burnley haven't won a game this season I think they've just got the draw from four games so far I think Everton kind of tore them apart the other day as well uh, yesterday was, wasn't it so um, but yeah like thoughts going into this game um, Aaron and like are you expecting a win how do you think we're going to set yeah, up yeah I think you, you summed it up pretty well there, there aren't any more excuses uh, window's done we've got he's got the players we, he wanted and he's got 
time on the training ground to figure out how to beat Burnley away. Um, now that isn't yes, Burnley away is a can be tricky for for us historically. It has been, but you know there are no more excuses, and you know we we've gone on about so long about how Arteta, with time to prepare, is the perfect tactical manager. So I really want to see a game plan that is refined and executed well with the players that we have. So yeah, I'm expecting a win. And I think anything less than a win is, is a failure. I completely agree. And I think my point is spot on. This is, this is where we use the advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, and now like we've got to stop playing Burnley as if they are this kind of mythical kind of creature, which <laughs> do you know what I mean? Which regardless of what year it is, regardless of who's on the pitch, it's Burnley and it's away, and it must mean that it's going to be physical and we will lose. Like, you know, we can't do that. And we're a much more physical team than we are now. I don't even think Burnley are playing very much like Burnley at the moment. I think they're almost kind of trying to be a little bit too too football, which doesn't suit them. And, you know, we need to go in there and and we need to exert our, our, our own form of dominance. Um, look, I'm not going to... There's no need to repeat anything that you guys said. I think it's time. And I think that, um, that there is no excuse. It, we have to win. A draw is not good enough. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of hope that the fact that it's a Saturday three o'clock kickoff and we will hopefully over the course of the the season have a lot more of them than than usual because we aren't playing on the Thursdays anymore Mm. um, might mean that we just kind of go under the radar for a few months. And, you know, everyone had the the first three games where they could, you know, rightfully kind of just take the, take the piss and laugh at us. Um, But now we'll just quietly go on and start winning some games, beat Burnley, and then after that, is it is it Spurs after that? Wimbledon, then Brighton, I think. Wimbledon and Spurs, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wimbledon in between. So, um, yeah, let's just let's start picking up some wins and just quietly going out about our business. But I also really want to see performances. But yeah, let's go and beat Burnley, go and beat Spurs, go and beat Brighton. <laughs> Beat everyone. Just, just be, <laughs> yeah, be, yeah, be, let's beat everyone. Yeah, um, <laughs> let's hope so. But um, yeah, like uh, team lineup then as well, because I personally can't see. I don't think there'll be too many changes um, from the Norwich game unless there are injuries. Obviously, we know Jack is still out. I think El Nenny suspended, so I wouldn't. You know, hopefully he's not coming back in. Don't expect him to come back in. But Maitland Niles, like. I don't know. I feel like that was something that was almost like a bit of an experiment in a game that where, although there was the stakes were high because we needed a win, it was probably the game to try that experiment out. Um, maybe experiment's not the right word, but I don't necessarily think it worked. Like Raj, I think when we were talk, when we saw the team lineup, we were together and we were like, okay, Laconga, Maitland Niles, that's a really athletic central midfield, but I don't think it gives you. I don't think Maitland-Niles gives you enough presence in central midfield. Thomas Partey should be fit. He probably comes back in. I would I'd suggest he's coming back in at the expense of Maitland-Niles. So we're going Partey, Lokonga. Do you guys expect, assuming you agree with that, do you expect any other changes from Norwich? I I think Pepe might get dropped for Smith-Rowe. If not on performance, but because I think it just mm. that front three will probably work a bit better. Um, and I, I actually really like the option of so, someone like Pepe coming off the bench. Um, so, yeah, that's my prediction is Smith-Rowe will start 
We're going to have to listen to you, Aaron, because you got the last one right, didn't you? I was completely wrong. Tommy Asu starting, Ramsdale starting. Did I say they will start? Yeah, you were like, you like he's going to start everyone. Hang on. Also said, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. That, oh, sorry. that was oh, me. I said, that I said <laughs> the back five. No, it was Aaron. No, it was Aaron. Oh, Aaron and Israel. Okay, fine. I, can't remember. Oh. I was the one who said we'd win 4 0. That's not 4 1. I said that's a 1 0. But anyway. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm literally, I literally predicted yeah, the you, game that happened, yeah. I said <laughs> that we're playing Ramsdale, Tommy yeah, Asu. You should, you should listen to me. Those, yeah. And I said we win 1 0. I predicted the back five and I said we will win 1 0. All right, mate. And, and you've not even. Yeah, you've just, you, All right. God, should I'll, we uh, <laughs> ask him for his prediction then? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's going to storm off. Well, yeah. going to do well, a Piers Morgan and storm off. All right. So, go <laughs> go what on, I will so, say, yeah. What I will say is I should agree with you that um, I, I can. I can see Pepe maybe not playing and I can see ESR coming in. But the only thing that maybe might change that particular swap is I think we all agreed that Saka looked quite tired mm. when he against against Norwich. He didn't look like his usual self. Um, I know we've got a week, right? So there's a week between fair enough. But I wonder maybe will he, will he think, okay, maybe I'll just play ESR out left and I play Pepe on the right. But um, I think if if fitness isn't an issue, I agree. I think that's probably the right thing that what he will do. I wonder whether he will... I wonder whether he liked the idea of us being able to keep some stuff on the bench that we could bring off and change the game. Um, and I wonder if he's there for thinking, oh, okay, maybe actually like I can cold Partey back for another game and keep him on the bench just for that impact. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, think, I don't think that's that a sustainable a plan. Like, for yeah. example, against Norwich, I think it was clear Tomiyasu only had 60 minutes in him. Mm. Um, so he took him off and then moved Maitland-Niles out there for a bit. And then Partey probably wasn't fit enough to play 90, even if he wanted him to so but you know this is the advantage of having the week in between mm. you know players can recover uh, a tired Saka on Saturday might will probably not be a tired Saka anymore and you know we you know, one thing I really want to see is that back five just stay intact yeah I agree completely um, what I really don't want to see him do is say Burnley away well maybe <laughs> let me play Callum Chambers at right back because mm. like no no offense to Callum Chambers but what we have seen is that that doesn't always work out the way that you would expect it to you know so yeah why I, I can't I can't see him making that change because of how good Tommy Asu looked in the in aerially as well like he's winning yeah, every point. header and uh, it seems like a pretty like he looked like a big physical presence um and I think yeah I mean yeah kind of game that we're probably going to need that in so yeah hopefully hopefully he 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 sticks with that um all right, cool. Guys, should we get predictions then, Aaron? What do you reckon? I will go 2-1 away win. I'm going to go... I'm going to go 2-1 as well. Oh, I'm tempted to make it full house. I think Pepe's going to start. I think Pepe's going to score. And I'm going to go... I really want to say 2-1 as well, but I don't want to just to make it different. I'll go... <laughs> can I, shall I make mine different? All right, go on then. Because it just feels like whenever we play a two-one game, we actually end up getting a third. Um, I'm I'm going to go three-one. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll go two-one. I, I I think yeah yeah two-one two-one. I think Pepe. I think Pepe scores. Silences the doubters for a week. Nice one, lads. Good shot. Yeah, Lovely. looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's amazing what a win can do. Hey, I know. <laughs> 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 win everything 
Cool. All right, guys. Well, as always, thank you so much for tuning in and listening, watching. Um, We'll be back after the Burnley game uh, with a big week ahead after that. Wimbledon in the League Cup and and Spurs, obviously, and North London derby. But until then, guys, thanks again and see you next time. Bye. See you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.